This is the Chicago Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for downloading this episode of Out Front with AJ and Nick. I am Nick Sorrentos, Editor-in-Chief, host of the Out Front series here on the Chicago Podcast Network, joined over the interwebs and Skype by my good buddy AJ Signeri. AJ, say hello to the people. Hi, people. That's what he does when he wants to be creepy. He can be, and we're coming up on Halloween, so why not go for the creep factor? Uh, I'm back. It's been three weeks since AJ and I have recorded a show. Uh, we tried to cover that up with Out Front Nights, <laughs> our two-part cliffhanger series that slowly devolved into Nick drunkenly rambling about all sorts of weird activities. And we did that right before I left. And, you know, the, the election was going. Everything was, was ramping up. When I left, there were roughly 59 days left until the election. We are now, um, I guess it would have been no, like 65. And now we're coming up on, I think yesterday was the mark of 50 days to the election. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you that when you do what AJ and I do, you spend a lot of your free time thinking about politics. You spend a lot of time worrying about politics and the possible future when the government overlord run by jackass von hairpiece were to come by and shut us down and you get scared and you start thinking about 270 to win which is a website that can scare the crap out of you on any given day all of these wonderful things and then i left and the first week i was gone i was in athens greece which is a wonderful city and i really liked being there however Whenever I told people what I did, which was I do IT, I do accounting, and I'm going to do a podcast about politics in Chicago. And they go, oh, politics, Trump. And I said, yes, majority with as little translation as can go into to explain that I don't like Donald Trump, that I do a podcast uh, basically for the last three months that is against Donald Trump. And you had to explain that, and I had to do that at least once a day. Then we went to the island of Paros paradise a wonderful oasis in the middle of the mediterranean sea though my friend dave would like me to point out that it's technically in the aegean sea which is a part of the whatever shut up dave you're already in my head here's the thing the first day i was there same deal oh politics trump whatever third day i was there my friends either went shopping in the morning or slept in we had to take a boat out at one, had to. We were going to take a boat out at 1.30 to go swim at three beautiful locations in the Mediterranean, which we did, and it was amazing. But before that happened, I woke up at 9 a.m., had nothing to do and no one to do anything with. So I got on my ATV, which I had rented for 70 euro for three days, which because everything there is so insanely cheap. And I went off into the mountains on an ATV that I had no experience really riding except for two hours the day before. And I disappeared. And it was the first time, AJ, in about three months that the name Trump never even entered my brain. I never thought about it. I didn't think about Hillary Clinton. I didn't think about Gary Johnson. I didn't think of Mimi Solstick. I didn't think of Jill Stein. I didn't think about Mitt Romney and his Mr. Fantastic haircut. None of it. I was just a man in the mountains on an ATV who almost got killed by a bus. Other than What's that like? Not thinking about it? Yes, what's that like? It is a feeling of bliss that is indescribable to those who have not felt it. I wish I had that. I know, I know. And so now, AJ, I, I'm back. I'm here. I've done what I can with the internet. 
But I ask you, my friend, my political consciousness, my Jiminy Cricket, if you will, tell me what's been going on. Well, you see, Nick, uh, when you talk about politics like we do and <laughs> all, all that, that um, one drinks. One drinks? <laughs> Heavily? Uh, not a glass, not two glasses, not one bottle, not five bottles. Not well. You see, Nick, when 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 some of us leave <laughs> the United States and goes to what one would consider paradise there in the Mediterranean, you leave other people behind, and we have to suffer <laughs> through Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, as I understand it, you got quite the important story when she got pneumonia and fell down. Oh my God! Can we can we stop talking about pneumonia? It's just pneumonia. You can. There's an over-the-counter drug to get rid of it. I swear to God. I mean, that's what was so irritating. Is you know, you know, Trump had a doctor and it's like, oh, he can't be that healthy. Then he then he went to Doctor Oz's show. Which is not going to air until after the election now. And based on this report that Dr. Oz read, he goes, everything checks out. Well, no shit. And then Hillary gets walking pneumonia. And, and people say, oh, she's going to be dead in 24 hours. We have to get Bernie, you know, out from Vermont and back onto the campaign trail and everything. It was just one shit show after another. I just, I just, it was just so unreal that we were talking about who's healthy, who's not. Um, our good friend, Alex Jones, um, <laughs> he, you know, was saying how she was weak because, you know, Jimmy Kimmel had her on his show and see how healthy she was to open a jar of pickles. And Alex Jones was saying, that's not how you open a jar of pickles. You're doing it wrong. He questioned her ability to open he a jar. He questioned the validity of Hillary Clinton based on how she was turning the jar of pickles. Were they American-made pickles, at least? They were pickles. I don't know. They, they kind of came from Peru, for all I know. And it was so Son weird. Of a bitch. Because Immigrant pickles taking our pickle jobs. And so, like, you know, she was holding it and she was, like, twisting it. He goes, you don't twist it like peanut butter. You twist the bottom, you twist the top to pop it out and everything. What? So was that. And then you had... I thought the benefit of us doing a two-hour show on Alex Jones was that we never had to acknowledge his existence again. Oh, I mean, I just saw it, like... It was only, like, a five-minute clip I saw. Oh, you went back into the belly of the beast for five minutes. And I was like, I'm sorry I left you. Are we really talking about how she's not presidential because she can't open a jar of pickles? If that's the case, I got a jar of mayonnaise that's hard to open and have her and Trump open and find out who's not presidential. If I may go for the cheap joke, I mean, how can Trump open a jar of pickles with his tiny baby hands? Well, I mean, this is true. But at least he can use his tiny baby hands to get the pickles out of the jar. That's true, because that is difficult sometimes. It is. There's no and then you had Jimmy Fallon had Donald Trump on a show and rubbed his hand on his hair as if he was a good boy, you know? Yeah. 
I saw. Okay, so let me tell you the perspective of the election from Greece. If you're an American trying to follow it a little what bit, what was I say when you said when they said Trump and you had to explain to them <laughs> or disdain, whatever you call it, of Trump? How did they react? And and a follow up to that is, was there? Did they ever talk about their? right politics in Greece also. Okay, so the few people that I really got into conversation with about this, this is how the conversation would go. You got to remember, this is going through a translator too, usually. But it basically went like this. I talk politics. Politics, Trump. And I say, yes, I talk about Donald Trump. I, I hate Donald Trump. And then the person would translate. And then the person would just... But invariably, when Trump came up, there was always this afterwards. <laughs> just a quick... Little, very American giggle on the part of the Greek populace, even mentioning Trump. Now, this is a country whose politicians are Trump-esque, but they, the, the overwhelming thing that I got from everybody was he's just not presidential. That even in Greece, they think of the president of the United States as the most important job in the world, right? And they right. go... And without fail, when you would talk to people about, especially younger people, because we went to a, we we ended up finding a, a bar that we liked, so we went back to it like three times. And the one waitress who was there would say, "It's just hard to believe that he would talk to world leaders and and speak the way that he does." And we said, "Exactly." And then there's this, and then there's this, and then there's this, and. You know, no one in our group is a Trump supporter. We have a couple of people who are very anti-Hillary and anti-Trump. So it was, and we had eight people with it was seven, eight people total in our group that were in Greece, and we would try to explain how. Here is the thing: is they would go, "Well, most people don't vote for Trump," and you'd say, "Yes," but th- the funniest thing to try to do in Greece is to explain the electoral college. <laughs> To right. explain that it somebody, that to explain to somebody from another country that yes, you can win the popular vote, but not be president. It's hard to talk about the politics and the election process that we have in the United States to Europeans, right? Especially some of them are so entrenched in the parliamentary system, right? And I, even when they get the tip of the iceberg of what we're trying to convey. And it's like, okay, so now you understand this. Now here's the, the other side of the complexity of it. And they're like, oh, there's more? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's not as simple as. Yeah, th- th- it's not just votes. It's who wins what states. What states mean more. What? And you're like trying to explain all this. And at the end of the day, you just basically go, look, it's entirely possible that Donald Trump can be president. And it's getting more and more likely every day. And it's terrifying. And it's scary. And I would really like to just get some wine, please. Because well, I remember explaining to some people in Italy once about, you know, how different s- states of the United States have different um, electoral points. I said, if it was happening in Europe, let's say Russia was a player in all this, but they only get like, let's say 21 points, you know? Right. But Portugal could have two. (laughs) And you know, they're like, they give like this weird look. It's like, well, this is what we deal with. (laughs) It's like try to explain the difference between California and Texas, and like why those are the only states that really matter anymore. And it's just it's it was insane. But then just it, the the whole. But okay, so here's the thing though that I want to tell you. So from my perspective, we had very limited Wi-Fi. 
Uh, basically no cell phone service. I mean, we had it, but it wasn't like the kind you can use to like browse the internet like you normally do. Right. So once a day, me and Dave and a couple other people, Dave and I, sorry, Grandma, would go to the, like, it's called, the, in Greece, it's called the Kevin Neal, the cafe near the uh, condo we were at. And we'd get on the internet, and Dave would be doing work. I would be doing what I consider work, which is, you know, reading all the politics. And here's what I know happened. I know that at some point, Donald Trump went to Detroit and spoke to some black people and then said to them, why don't you vote for me? You have nothing to lose. Right. I'm aware that he went to Flint, Michigan, and basically made a bunch of promises that the president can't keep. And... Then uh, Hillary fell down because she had pneumonia after three weeks of people telling her, telling us all that she was really sick and her denying it. And then, much like the email scandal, he was just like, there's one thing you can't lie about right now, and you got caught lying about it. That's the thing about it, is, is from my perspective, it was Trump does something stupid, Trump does something stupid, Trump does something stupid, and all that shit that we were worried about with Hillary, oh yeah, all of that is totally backed up by the fact that she has pneumonia and decided to lie about it. If you're Hillary Clinton right now, you just need to stop lying about anything. And I don't even know if you consider what she did a lie, but you need to be the most transparent candidate in the history of candidates right now. Like, that's just the way that it is if you're going to win. And since you're just basically going out of your way to give him, you know, talking points that he can you know, run on, whatever. But from my perspective, those were the major events in the presidential election. And then... We couldn't get video, really. Like, video wouldn't download properly. So we never right. saw the vi- All we saw was the picture of her being held up like a, like a ventriloquist dummy by the two Secret Service people, like, throwing her into the truck. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was the Saturday before I left. And then I land, and I, and I go home, and I basically am so jet-lagged that for three days I have no idea what time it is. And then... Yesterday or whatever it was, a week later, suddenly Donald Trump made the amazing revelation that he now believes that Barack Obama was born in the United States, which was just so kind of him to finally do that. Oh, not just he finished the birther debate, but then twisted it and saying it was Hillary's fault. Right. Yeah. It's like, who? what? 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 When did you say that? I just I, uh, how do you explain that to someone in Greece like that? It's like I mean, <laughs> there's only a handful of notable Greek politicians that I know, but I don't know well enough to be like you know <laughs> the Trump version of this Greek of this Greek politician, right? But there's like even certain Italian ones, like you know Berlusconi, who was a prime minister in Italy, was notorious for that. You know, who would say shit like you know well we know we the, the reason we have uh, a monetary crisis in Italy is because of the prostitutes yeah it's like what <laughs> it's like the prostitutes they're the ones taking our money i'm like the, the same ones that you, you you're taking to the house yeah they're doing coke no, no 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 they're they're escorts they're, they're different no no it's the same people you're talking about oh and the one that you're marrying too <laughs> I, I, I will say this, that the, the there's a line that Penn... Have you ever seen Penn Jillette's, uh Vegas show, Penn & Teller? Not their Vegas show, okay. but don't you, Well, which one are you going to... No, the, 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 their, their last trick at the Vegas show, at least for years, was the 
the burning of the flag trick that they used to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and he had a line in it, and it's 100%, I, I backed it up, nothing will make you love America more than the fun of international travel. And that, I will say, is true, because there are things that you take for granted in the U.S. that are just, like the fact that stores don't shut down from 1 to 6 o'clock every day. That, that, that I was not expecting, and I didn't realize how much of a pain that was when you're somebody who does most of their shopping in the early afternoon. Like, stuff like that. But the, the biggest thing that I noticed was, at least here in the U.S., even in um, the inner city where you and I, have, you know, we know some people from that, or we know people who have been on welfare for a long time, they still have hope for the country's future, even if it's remote you know, Shawshank-esque kind of hope. There's still hope. You talk to young people in Greece, uh, and this was the biggest thing I was trying to explain to my dad, is yes, if you're over the age of 60 in Greece, which are most of the people my dad knows, it's a wonderful place, and you've developed a life for yourself, and you're fine. If you're under the age of 35, you all anyone you talk to in that age group wanted to get out. Because they, they, there's no real jobs. Like, yeah, you can work at a bar, you can work at retail, but as far as like a job for a college graduate, there's nothing there. And right. at least in the U.S., you still have that. And you do see, though, in the news coverage over there about the American election that it's it's like watching an AMC show to them. They are yeah. they are watching an anti-hero. Not even Anthony here. They're watching the villain just slowly rise to power, and you see it on people's faces, even on television, talking about it. They are confused. Nobody understands, and it's hard for even us to explain, how this man is this close to doing this crap, and you really can't explain it. Like, we joke about how do you explain You can't. Except to say that, you know, there are people out there, like the number of times I had to explain how racism is still such a big thing in the U.S. And honestly, it's it's hard to explain. You said it, you've been to Europe too. It's hard to explain because they don't have a large African population. I, I, it's hard for me not to call them African-American, even though they wouldn't be because they're in Europe. Um, That's the thing. It's like, do you call them African-British? Yeah. African-Greek? <laughs> or do you just call them black and just kind of move past it? It's just... Right. But that's the thing, and and you're trying to explain it, especially in a country like Greece where, look, there's a lot of immigrants in Greece, but it is a Greek country, right? That is Greece. You go there, and it is Greek. You come to the U.S., you know, any given neighborhood, you're going to experience any sort of culture. It's There's a strength in that that, that, that I didn't really appreciate until it was an election time because it is different in the U.S. when you've got to play to Latinos, blacks, gays transgendered people you know you've got uh the religious right the atheists you've got everybody in the spectrum that you've got to try to appeal to in some way but that also makes your candidates i think better most of the time the only difference is is if one of the candidates has decided that he doesn't give a shit about anybody who questions what he does and it's it's insane to explain to people in europe donald trump and then they i'm sitting there and actually then my we were staying at my family's condo it was my grandparents they've both passed we kept the condo so a lot of us were staying there and the day everybody left i had nothing to do i was there for two days after everybody left and our neighbors invited me over for lunch and so we're sitting having lunch they've got cnn on in the corner it's in greek and they're showing their parliament where people are having fist fights and all this stuff and you're kind of going 
Okay, that's different than the U.S., but that's what, to me, if somebody were to say, what is the real danger that Trump represents, I don't really think that Donald Trump is going to blow up the world. It's possible, and it's a lot more likely than it is with anybody else, but really what it comes down to is I just see him leading to a complete breakdown of civility in the political system, and I like civility. I like the idea that just because you disagree with somebody does not make that person a bad person. And I think that Donald Trump represents the opposite of that. Of course. Uh, and, and that's what I'm really starting to become afraid of with his run. If Trump wins, we might actually see a fist fight on the floor of the United States House of Representatives, like an actual one, not, you know, a crap one. And it, it, like of the level of, who was it, the, the caning in the 1850s? Remember that? Um it's a story before the Civil War that a Southern, a, a Southern congressman caned another one, a, a Northern oh, one. Wow. I don't remember the names, but it's, it's it's just one of those things. And you go, this this could be what happens. And I was gone for two weeks, and again, I got I was in the mountains, AJ, and I I wasn't thinking about it. All I was thinking about was staying alive, uh, and 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 not getting killed by a bus. That 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 was my main concern for about three hours, and it was glorious. I recommend it for you. You should just get away. You should just go away for a week. Yeah, I mean, the the, the three different times I've been to Europe, uh, um, I always have this deeper appreciation of going over there and just being immersed in, um, you know, their culture and understanding their politics. Because anytime I go over there, I try to give myself like a two months head start, like what's the current events over there and everything. So, like, if I'm talking to somebody, like, I have an idea what they're talking about. And it's always interesting because usually I'm watching the BBC and that's, like, the only way I can gather European news from time to time. And so it's always interesting, as you said, watching British Parliament, Italian Parliament, French Parliament... And seeing like discourse being taken place, but also having this free um, language, uncensored language, where someone can tell the other person to f off or right. <laughs> saying they're like, "You're an idiot." And here's why you're an idiot. My favorite one was in Scottish Parliament, and it was a Green um, Party member of Parliament who was talking bad about this other member of parliament, he goes, my dear friend is an asshole. I apologize for what I just said. <laughs> it's like, you you told this person he's an asshole, and then you apologize. Well, you know, got to get the apology out of the way. I mean, I just, I just want to see, like... Oh, God. Harry, I just want to hear Harry Reid telling Mitch McConnell, I'm like, you're a douche. Yeah. <laughs> but without the apology. Without the apology. Did you uh, happen to... Okay, so I came back and everything, and the first week I was back was New South Park. Did you see South Park last week? I did not see South Park last week. Did you um, hear about it? What... I've actually been paying attention more and more about, like, Daily Show and okay. everything. Do yourself and, a favor. Um, watch this season of South Park. Um, they, they set up a storyline with Garrett, like they set it up last year, Garrison, Mr. Garrison, you know, the guy with Mr. Hat, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I don't remember is Trump and he is the douche and Hillary Clinton is in the show as a turd sandwich. 
And they just keep making the joke from like eight years ago that they made like the choices between a douche and a turd. And the choice is always between a douche and a turd. And Stan has the line. I just don't understand why every four years we all have to act like we get really excited because our choices are between a douche and a turd sandwich. And Randy just turns to him and goes, because we're American, Stan, and that's what we do. And that, I mean, that's really, I feel the most succinct way of putting everything right now. And I have really been enjoying the two weeks where I wasn't part of it because I came back to a 50 day rundown. I'm at my, I'm at the office this morning and I'm doing accounting stuff and CNN is on in the background. And I swear to God, AJ, they're, they're promoting a WrestleMania match next Monday between Hillary and Trump. Like, I know that that's not what it is. It's supposed to be a debate. But the video is straight out of the WWE playbook. And you're like, this is insane. Like, I've seen this video. This is what you do before Brock Lesnar fights Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Like, the same video package with the same announcer. And, yeah, so next Monday there's going to be a debate. And I think you and I will have plenty of material come Tuesday next. Yeah. He's not preparing. Have you heard that one? Oh, duh. I'm just, I love the idea that this man thinks that he can just, I mean, look, but then again, nothing about his campaign has implied that he needs to be informed to keep his supporters happy. But that's the thing, I mean, I could have told people that that was going to happen, you know? Um, and he just thinks that he's just going to walk in and do what he did during the primary and just, you know, eviscerate, you know, every single person to get their poll numbers down and everything. And that Hillary's going to be in there all prepped and talking certain talking points, paying certain things and, you know, get certain poll numbers from there. It's just, it's going to be a very interesting dynamic between those two on the different styles of debate if you even want to call trump's debate style a style um he's eric cartman i i, I mean i'm not is he though no, or he, is he more um well he probably is well no 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 like because there's a there's a joke on one of the shows that they say cartman wins every debate in school and they go cartman doesn't win debates he just argues until he feels he's getting it wrong and he says screw you guys i'm going home like that's literally what I think is going to happen in these debates. Trump's going to talk, he's going to talk, he's going to talk, and then at some point when she's kicking his ass, I honestly, if Donald Trump was getting his ass kicked, would it shock you if he just walked off stage? Like, No, I don't think, I don't think he would walk off stage. I think he would be more of a crybaby on stage and complaining about much the- then, you know, lash out towards the moderator. I'm like, well, you're not doing your job. Um, oh, the Romney thing. Attack on me. The Romney thing. Right. Yeah, the moderator's not doing his job. I'm not losing this debate. The moderator failed. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so we're 50 days, or 49 days out now from the election. And the weird thing is, like, Hillary is kicking his ass in national polls. But in the states that matter, Trump is slowly gaining ground because they're spending a lot of money there. And I'm really... I, I don't know, man. If, if you called it right now, do you still think Hillary wins? If the election was tomorrow? Oh, yeah. Um, I think she would win, and I think it would... I really do feel that this is more about a divided South 
than anything that's going to determine if it's going to be Trump or Hillary. So you think Hillary, no matter what, it's just a question of what states Trump wins in the South. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I do have this one thing that I'm taking solace in, which is that at some point during this process, people have to go into a voting booth, look at the two names on a ballot, and I'm sorry, AJ, the four names on a ballot, I'll give you your third-party candidates, but realistically, they're going to look at the two names, and to really punch the button for Donald Trump for President of the United States, I think a lot of people who claim that they'll never vote for Hillary uh, might have a come-to-Jesus moment at that second. You know what I'm saying? Well, you heard about the news today. With George Sr.? Yeah, I was actually shocked about that. But if you really, did you look into what actually happened? I didn't go further into it other than, you know, an aide or someone close to him just said in passing that he's going to vote for Hillary. The story is that a member of the Kennedy clan who was at, uh, an event that he was at and he told her in private that he would be voting for Hillary Clinton. Right. She tweeted it and then uh, his rep came out and said that his vote is private and he will not be talking about anything having to do with the presidential election until after the election. So it's the closest you're ever going to get to a former Republican president basically saying, yeah, I'm not voting for this asshole. Uh, I'm voting for the one person who I feel can actually run the country. And whatever but it's not like he did not come out and say i'm against trump which is really what the big story would be i think the fact that no former republican presidents have come out in support of of donald trump is a big indicator i think the fact that uh dick cheney aka darth vader aka I don't know. I was going to come up with a third insulting name but i can just say dick cheney cuz that's insulting enough eichmann uh, yeah, that'll work. I, he was so I, unrelated segue. I, I happened to be on an airplane on September 11th. And, oh, you were. Yeah, and how was that? It was fine. I mean, it really wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it was fine. Well, no, like security was really high at all the airports that day. But um, I will say that the one thing is I missed all of the 50th anniversary stuff. How prevalent was it? Was it all over the place that day? It, well, I, I got to be honest. I mean, I wasn't really too enthralled with the 9-11 anniversary and everything. But having said that, I mean, it was on a Sunday, and it was kind of more low-key than anything. If it was more on a Saturday or sometime during the week, I think it would have been a little bit more prevalent. But well, not to mention the NFL like, season started that day, so who gives a shit right. about anything else? Right. So, I mean, there was like two events I had that same day, and no one even bothered to bring it up. But, again, it was a bunch of liberals I was with. So. Fair enough. I, so I watched, uh, so I got back, and I'm like catching up on TV, and stuff that aired History Channel did a movie called 15 Septembers Later, and it was, <laughs> what's up? I said, okay. And it was it was interviews with all the people who were there that day. And, you know, they interviewed W, they interviewed Giuliani and the police commissioner and Matthew Broderick and, like, a bunch of people. And they, they, they get to one point where they're talking about where was Dick Cheney on the day that it all happened. And it just cuts to a very extreme close-up of Dick Cheney looking right at the camera. And I swear my hair turned gray. 
Like, he just, like, and then I was taken away to a bunker underneath the White House, and we didn't let anybody know, and it's just like, okay, stop grumbling, you weird fucking evil man. Just go back. By the way, he just got recently named to the board of a tobacco company. I want to point that out. Oh, Jesus. I'm just saying, if you're going to be evil, be evil. You know. <laughs> let your freak flag fly, brother. Um, that's beyond your freak flag. Yeah, that's just your uh, Satanist. Not even Satanist, because I know some Satanists, and they're good people. Um, that's, that's the sad part. It's yeah. like, I, I know Satanists. And they're better people than you. And you, you sir, are no Satanist. And they actually take live chickens and kill them. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I do that. That's how I get my fried chicken. The, (laughs) I don't know. I I, I don't know. How do you stay away from that one? (laughs) That's how I get my fried chicken. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I fry them while they're alive, and then I, you know, do the rest of the work later. Then I fry them again. America. You gotta change the oil though. Feathers and oil. It's not a good combo. I know. I know, right? Uh let's see, where else we got going on? Anything going on locally in the world? How's the Mike Madigan story going for you down there? Your neck of the woods, nape of the way. He needs to go. Yeah, he it's, needs that's to go. That, that tends to be what everyone's saying. But I will say this, I did see the um Snowden movie. Oh, I wanted to ask you, yeah, I saw that you saw that. I haven't seen it yet. What'd you think? Oh my god. I think, you know, as much as I have paid attention to Snowden since what he's done, um, I think I feel that they made it as accurate to the events that happened as much as possible. Hmm. Um, I mean, they had to make certain movie decisions, you know, um, and obviously I don't know his personal and romantic life so and i didn't know much about you know his girlfriend and their turbulent romance and what have you but in terms of certain things that like i knew of what i've seen on media and my own research it it felt like it kept it as close as as objective as possible in a action drama movie sure um it was well well done i mean joseph gordon levitt if you look at him at certain angles looked almost exactly like snowden um zachary quinto looked almost exactly like glenn greenwald which was uncanny i'm like oh my god that's (laughs) do they use prosthetics or does he just embody him embodied him like i mean it was still zachary quinto and you know he had cut his hair a certain way like Glenn does and what have you. Um, but just the way Glenn kind of has a somewhat arrogance about him and what have you, and Zach Quinto just kind of just embody that. It's like, oh, God. I mean, it's like Glenn's right there in front of me. <laughs> um, the So with the movie, though, I, I heard I've heard really good reviews. I've heard really bad reviews. Um, what I, the one thing that I heard though, is that his voice is dead on, like almost to the point where you, you forget that it's, uh, Jason Gordon or Joseph Gordon Levitt. 
that his his delivery of the lines is fantastic, and it's Oliver Stone, so I imagine that it's it's incredibly well written. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I I felt Joseph Gordon Levitt lowered his he had a lower register voice for Snowden that I felt. Okay, because um, obviously Eric Snow has more of a a higher pitch voice, a natural higher higher pitch voice type of person. Right. Um, and Joseph had to lower that since he has a even higher pitch voice. Um, and he also came across that Snowden has a slight accent at times, like a very Slavic accent. I was like, I don't think Snowden's Russian nor Polish. It's just he had to like, there's certain words that he kind of either exaggerated or like overly emphasized emphasis on um, with certain things, but no, in terms of you know quirkiness, um, kind of a little standoffish, um, things like that. I mean, I mean, he, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is spot on. He's a good actor. I mean, if you haven't seen him act in his current age, you're really missing out. Um, he has a show. I think it's on Hulu or Netflix. I think it's on Netflix called um, Record It or Re- Record. And all all it is is it's a, it's a collaborative show where you go online and people can submit videos. They can sing. They can do poetry. And, it, and that's what makes a show. And he's very much about, you know, a very collaborative artistic arts and – how to do that through film? Well, he was even good in the Dark Knight uh, Rises as Robin, yes. who wasn't Robin. But I mean, it wasn't his fault, like the that his role wasn't great. But he was great in what he had to do. He's been good in a lot of stuff. I, I still haven't seen the one where he played the French guy who walked across the World Trade Center. Um, mainly because but I didn't he play Gordon Junior in Dark Knight? No, he played. Well, no, he played. He, I mean, you can look at it that way, but really, what he played was uh, he played a, a detective named John Blake. Who, at the end of the movie, they go, "You should use your real name." And apparently, his real name is Robin John Blake, but he goes by John because oh, he was Robin. In- no, no, he's not the kid. He's not Gordon's kid, um, which would have even made more sense age wise. He's not Gordon's kid. He's like Gordon's protege. Oh, okay, because I thought that was going to be the beginning of. Um- Oh, who was um, Nightwing and stuff, or Hush? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, they didn't go with that. I mean, it's 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 fine. All right, so a couple things to get to because we got uh, about twenty minutes left. I want to get to a few little things that are out there. Uh, number one, Donald Trump Jr. has referred to Syrian refugees. Did you hear this one? Of Skittles? Yes. Yeah, so, ladies yeah. and gentlemen who haven't followed the news, uh, the son of the presumptive, or no, the, the nominee for the Republican Party has said that Syrian refugees are like Skittles. If I have, if I give you a bowl of Skittles and three or four of them will kill you, will you take a handful? That is the problem with the Syrian refugees. At which point, everybody, Skittles included, went, yeah, but these are people, not candy. <laughs> you arrogant douche. And so that happened, and that was yesterday in the never-ending dumpster fire that is the Donald Trump presidential campaign. And I'm just curious, AJ, if you were to say Syrian refugees were like Skittles, what flavor Skittle do you think, Noms? I'm going to go with the... I, was, I, 
I when I saw that, I was like, I'm like, are we really comparing people to food products? Yeah. Well, they all. They, I mean, look, when you have that much money and you've been raised with a silver spoon up your ass, the truth is, everyone's nothing to you. Like the problem I have with the elite rich, at least the children of the elite rich. Because as much as I hate Donald Trump, I will give him credit. Most of his fortune, no matter how little or big it might be, he did actually work for. Now, we can argue what that, you know, how he got it or what kind of work that took. But what I mean by he worked for it, there were times that he was stressed out by the idea of money. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right, right. Like he experienced anxiety because of money. His children will never experience that, which is why I think they tend to think of poor people as unfortunate souls that they don't have to think about ever. So they can compare them to Skittles or garbage or whatever the hell else they want to do. And it took the entire Internet just went, well, here's a picture of a refugee. Is that a Skittle? It's still going on. It's his, But just the arrogance and the stupidity of that campaign to do the shit that they do and use the phrases that they use is, is asinine to me. And even the people who have to go on. like The other thing, by the way, while I was gone, Donald Trump fired not, I think, two campaign spokespeople while yeah. I was gone and then hired the blonde who used to work with uh Oh, I thought I thought you were around when that happened. No, I I had just oh. left. Apparently, oh, well, yeah. Um, Kelly, yeah, they, he hired Kelly. Yeah. What a That's a dumpster fire. I mean, yeah, but she's she was on that was the other thing I wanted to get to. So she was on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, which I know is not one of your favorite shows. But she she was on there, and he really tried to, like, pin her down. And I'll give her credit. She's good at her job. Uh, the only problem that she had was that the celebrity guest that night was Carrie Washington from Scandal, whose first line was, listen, I play Olivia Pope, and I know spin when I see it, and she's really good at what she does, which was a nice little line. And then she went on to say the phrase that I wanted to set you up with, because we are 50 days out from the election. I believe we are 10 days from the register to vote deadline. Isn't that 40 days out? Yes. Okay. So you have 10 days, ladies and gentlemen. If, if you know someone in your family who wants to vote but aren't sure if they're registered, tell them to go register at the DMV, the post office. Um, I think you can do it at the library now. You can even do it online up until the last day. Here's the deal. Kerry Washington on Bill Maher looked at Bill Maher and said a vote for a vote a non-vote is a vote for donald trump a vote for a third party candidate is a vote for donald trump and i wanted to tell you that and i am now going to slowly back away from the microphone and remove my headphones slightly from my ears so that you aj signary may hold on let's get it out here it is and soapbox third party candidate is a vote for donald trump aj the floor is yours Hey, look, I mean, Kerry Washington and I, everybody knows that we're in a relationship and, you know, we've had this debate from time to time. Um, and she knows that she's absolutely wrong, even though the narrative that her and others are creating is that in statistically, if you vote third party or an independent candidate, then you're absolutely voting for one of two major parties. Uh, again, um, if people understood how voting works, it's what we have as a popularity contest. So it's a winner-take-all type of race. So if you vote for the person you want to vote for and they get a large amount of votes, 
that person wins. You don't vote for, you know, if you had like Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Little Caesars, a vote for Little Caesars is a vote for Pizza Hut, and a vote for Papa John's is a vote for the other. It doesn't work like a that. Vote if for Papa wants, John's is a vote for Satan. Sorry, continue. What did you say? A vote for Papa John's is a vote for Satan. Well, I, it is. I, so, I, I have to go against you even in metaphor against so, Papa John's. So, so yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. you know. If Yeah, you, you may be the only Papa John's voter and everyone else voted for Domino's, but that's what everyone gets is Domino's. You know, um, that's what we have in the United States. So that's why we don't have proportional voting. That's why we don't have um, instant runoff voting like other European nations have in everything and other Latin American nations and other nations have. So, and by the way, um, even the Emmys and the Golden Globes use instant runoff voting to to determine the winner of each category. So, so it's there in everything else. So, again, when people are telling you a vote for a third party is a vote for a Dem or a Republican, um, they're absolutely wrong. And, you know, you can test it out. You can... You know, you can, yeah, science is science and those are facts, but you can also alter the science to make your argument the better one. And, you know, again, yeah, statistically speaking, a vote for Jill Stein is a vote for Trump, a vote for Gary Johnson is a vote for Hillary, statistically speaking. But if you put more votes, if, I mean, only 9% of the people are going to be voting for Trump. In Hillary, just that nine percent. The remaining what? What I figure, a hundred and ninety million votes out there are up for grabs. So all votes can go to a third party candidate, and that person can win. And you, and yeah, you can go further by saying, well, you know, that's just one person. Exactly. That's the other thing. It's just a president. They can only do so much in the executive branch. We have to worry about the legislative as well, which means we need to put more third-party independent candidates in that body as well. So it can't solely just be the presidency. It has to be in Congress, at the state level, county board, school board. Really, so at the and honestly, really at the extreme local level, village boards, state uh, state governorships, oh, yeah. that's where you really want to push the third party stuff even more than the presidency, and 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 I, I that I completely agree with. Not to mention how many times AJ have you and I had conversations with people who are or are not very politically active, and they'll go, "Oh, I just wish there was a third party I could believe in." And you go, "Well, take ten minutes, asshole. Go online, and you'll find one." I just happen, I just happen to be somebody who generally in line with the Democratic Party. But that's not to say that I'm right or even that you should listen to everything that I have to say when it comes to politics. In fact, there's an argument to be made that you shouldn't. You should only go with what you believe. The problem is, and this has been happening a lot this election, no one is taking the time to really look into this stuff. And 
when somebody is just dismissive of a third party vote because they keep giving me the same crap that, you know, a vote for a third party candidate is a vote for Trump. I said, well, okay, in some places, yes, in some places, no. You and I have talked about this on the show before. Look, if you live in Illinois, feel free to vote for a third party candidate. If you live in New York, you live in Texas, you live in California, if you live in a state where the outcome has basically been predetermined for the last 50 years, yeah. Vote for a third-party candidate because they're still going to vote Democrat or Republican. That's not going to change. If you're in a battleground state, maybe think about it more. Find out if your state is a battleground state. Maybe take the time to learn that. The biggest issue that I've had this election is a number of people who have opinions but no time to do the research to back up what they believe. I really think that that's become my biggest issue that this this presidential election is the number of people say, well, I don't trust Hillary Clinton. And I say, why? And they say, because she's a liar. And I said, okay, well, what has she lied about? And then they kind of give you this deer in the headlights look. And you go, okay, now give me one specific thing that they, she's lied about when it comes to policy that you can point to me and say that she's a liar about. Give me one scandal that you can truly entertain that says that she was proven to have done something wrong. Deer in the headlights look. They say it, but they don't back it up with any of their information. Or they do the partial thing, which is the Ukrainian uh, uranium deal. Which really got me for a second. And then I went home that night after somebody kind of ambushed me with it at a bar. And I read about it and I went, well, this is horseshit. This is complete horseshit. It went through seven different branches of government and, 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 and organizations. Not The State Department was the last one. It went through Department of Justice, FBI, Counterterrorism, NSA. Before it even got to the desk of the State Department. And you just kind of look at it and go, this is horseshit. You're making shit up. Like, if you don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton because you generally believe that she's bought and paid for by the Wall Street banks, that, to me, is harder to disprove. She's the New York senator. She's got a lot of money coming from Wall Street. That doesn't make me feel good. The only difference is that I just don't think that... I've always believed that when push comes to shove, Hillary Clinton is actually a decent human being who's been in politics for 25 years and has a lot of bullshit said about her. It was funny... um so my parents wanted to see the Snowden movie with me, which was interesting. And at one point, they talk about the FISA courts. Right. And I remember my dad looking at me while they're explaining what the FISA court was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he goes, that's happening? I go, I go, I mean, yeah, that's real. I mean, this is real. This is the problem I'm having, that this was under Bush. This is even more under Obama. But, I mean, this is what's going on. And they just have carte blanche as to what's going on. And, you know, with the whole things with, you know, people might be looking at me as we speak through my built-in webcam, you know, whenever they want, you know, the point is, is that when you talk about like Hillary and Trump, you know, when you vote for those people in, they're going to continue with those kind of programs, you know, they're going to continue the resilience, see, of, you know, capitalism, neoliberal policies, and that's the problem. And just because you feel okay, that may be a problem, I understand, but there's no one else there. And then you say, well, there's third party. Well, I can't. Why? Well, they don't do anything. Well, why don't they do anything? Well, I don't know. Have you been involved? No. Why not? I don't know. I just, I just know they don't have any power. 
don't say that an organization doesn't have power if you don't participate or like you said further understand who they are if you really feel socialist party usa is something that you can get on board with then join or talk to people before you join to understand what's going on attend a local meeting maybe it's your bag and then you join or whether it's green or whomever it is i mean the only way you get real power is by participating you don't get power by signing a petition on change.org which right. has no power or, or you just go to a city council meeting or you rah-rah out of city hall or you just go to the capitol buildings i mean those are well well and good and i do do my fair share of those as when as possible but real power is where you're out in the streets you're actually having meetings you're actually talking to people you're trying to figure out you know, how to make change at the ground level. You know, that's real change. And you get and you do that by getting involved in organizations that you believe in or the causes that that they stand up for that you believe in. That's the real change. It's not the ballot box, unfortunately. Um it's it's what Occupy did. It's what you know Zapatistas are doing in, in Mexico. It's what the Algerians are doing in France. It's what leftists are doing in both Italy and Greece. It's what um, even the leftists in Spain. It's what you know LGBT activists are doing over in Moscow. You know that's what real change is. Not voting people in and out of office, or you know getting behind a populist candidate, aka Bernie Sanders, and that's going to be. The magic bullet. The magic yeah, bullet. The, the funny thing is, is you, actually getting involved and and educating yourself and others exactly. is also important. Because I was going to say, like, even if you're not going to go out and join a third party, let's say that you're just really supportive of Trump or you're really supportive of Hillary, take the time and understand why you're doing it. Don't just say that you are. That's the part that I've like. Even like what you're saying is I completely agree with. But most, let's be honest, most people aren't going to do that. So, but. I don't think it's a lot to, I, I, I go for the minimalist. Take 10 minutes once a week and Google a topic that you've got that you didn't know about somebody talking about at work. And again, and this is the biggest thing I think I preach on this show and I preached on the old show and I will preach till I die. If you don't know something, that is okay. Don't be embarrassed to say the words, I don't know. That is very important. While I was in Greece, I actually had a very big moment, and I give my friend Carrie all the credit in the world. She told me, we, I was online, I was reading the news, and I was like, oh, Jesus, Kanye has a new fashion launch. And she kind of looks at me, and she goes, so? I said, I don't give a shit what Kanye has to say about fashion. And she looked at me, and she goes, and that's why he gets so upset, because people say that he should only do rap. And I sat there for a second, and I said, you know what? You're right. Because that's bullshit. Because Kevin Smith, who's one of my biggest, you know, people I love the most, says the same thing. That it's bullshit that people say that you're in a box. That you can't do anything more than what you do. And she's right. If Kanye wants to be in fashion, that's fine. And who am I to talk? All I know about fashion is black t-shirts and blue jeans. So, you know, to me, it, 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 it's a different thing. But take the time to, to learn about some stuff. And before we go, AJ, before we end this show... I feel it's important that we get to the most important patriotic issue of the age, standing during the national anthem. Do we have to? 
We got to take, well, I just figured it'd be fun for both of us to kind of sit there and go, yeah, stand, sit, snort, burn it. I don't give a shit. It's a flag. It's an anthem. And protesting during sports is a really good old American tradition. Oh, that's the thing. It's not just American. Um, it goes back to the ancient Olympics. That too. I encourage everybody to take, um, there's a book called um, Soccer Versus the State. It's a great book. And it talks about the history of um, soccer and how they play a pivotal role in a lot of, of historical moments where you have various um, football clubs protesting in Coca-Cola of you know having a factory in South Africa or a football club in Britain you know, talk, talk, you know, how to address poverty or, and they they will play games. The football players will just become the blockade. Um, They will open their facilities up for people just to come in free of charge. I mean, between that, what, what's going on with um, the NFL? Yeah, Colin Kaepernick took a knee and the entire world shut down. Right for fuck's and, sake, and, I, and it's it's so funny because was it two years ago when the University of Missouri football team like didn't attend a football game because they didn't like the racist president that they had at the university? Yeah. So when they said we're not going, and the president got fired the next day, <laughs> like that's the thing, it works. Because what did Colin Kaepernick want? He wanted a conversation. Guess what he did? He started a conversation. And it's just, I, 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 we, get, we get in the thing, but I just want to put it this way. We just got done burying arguably the greatest athlete of the 20th century. And yes. this is a man who was vilified in his time for being anti-American. This is a man who, as he aged and became this dignitary of civil rights and... Uh, amazing social justice, and all because he was a boxer who everyone will tell you who loves boxing. Muhammad Ali is not the greatest boxer of all time. He is the greatest champion of all time. Those are two very different distinctions. And Muhammad Ali is now an American icon. He is a he's a hero of the highest order. And what what happens when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee during the anthem to protest, you know, the not unreasonable idea that, you know, people shouldn't be killed by cops when they get pulled over for being black? I don't know. That seems reasonable to me. We just had another video pop up this morning or yes or last night of some guy. He's standing next to a car and he gets shot dead. There are five cops there. They couldn't tackle him. They couldn't take him down. No, we're just going to kill him. And he's taking a knee to, to, to go against that. And I will say, though, just to end it on a funny note, because we are supposed to be a political comedy show, I do have to give the response of it all to my roommate, Pat, who occasionally, through his insensitivity, has great moments of clarity. And I think you'll like this, too. The biggest problem he has with the Colin Kaepernick thing is that yeah. he's a backup quarterback, and nobody should give a shit what he has to say. Well, that's the thing. It's, that's what's more hysterical is that he's not even the starting quarterback. It's the backup quarterback. Uh, I, find that, I find that hysterical than anything else. Yeah. This is a dude whose career, like, this is probably going to be his last year in the NFL no matter what anyway. So I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, just think about But do you think 
the position also matters because let's say if it was the safety. Yeah, no, that's a huge factor. The you fact know? that it's Colin Kaepernick, that is a name that is instantly recognizable and people remember it from the Super Bowl. That is why Colin Kaepernick is is it's such a big deal. And the truth is there are other sports where political activism is more expected. The greatest example of it is outspoken athletes in the NBA. The NBA had its four biggest stars stand up on stage and simply try to say, maybe we should all be a little bit more reasonable about all of this. And again, the world loses its fucking mind and is like, how dare you talk about politics going back to the thing I said about Kanye. You know what? It's bullshit. These are real people. They have real opinions. They base them on stuff and, and, and experiences that they've had. And the fact that LeBron James is standing up on stage saying, hey, cops, maybe don't kill black people and black people maybe you know stop screaming at cops on the streets and all this other shit that they're trying to get across and all this bullshit that just won't stop and then we get mad at them for saying anything and yet the, the cry is constantly for somebody to come along and fix it and who's the only person who's claiming to fix it donald trump and that ladies and gentlemen is the circular logic of the politics of the united states of america me catching up with aj and aj do you have anything else to plug say add anything socialist going on in the world you commie bastard well um i will be doing my Socialist tour this weekend. Um, I am the, as some of us are somewhat jokingly saying, I'm the private Uber driver for our socialist presidential candidate, Mimi Stolstick. Um, He's going to be speaking in Pana, Illinois, which is the south of Springfield, Illinois. And then that's on Thursday, and then, or Friday, excuse me, and then Saturday. We will be in, in Indianapolis where he'll be speaking. I think he's coming back up to Chicago. Okay. To speak. So I'm gonna be in a somewhat by I'm gonna be in a Midwest tour. So that's going on. Um and other than that, you know, um, as I have always said before, um the American flag is just a flag. Um it has as as though even though it has certain symbols of what liberty and freedom is perceived to be. Uh, we also know what the American flag has also flown under um, and what Colin is doing is very admirable. And I also remember the time when then named <clears throat> Chris Jackson, who's now known as um, Mahmoud abdul Rauf, who put his hands over his face while the national anthem was spoken because of the flag, you know, fighting against, you know, Islamic communities and everything. And that was a very a powerful message for me then, still a powerful message for me now. And um, I stand alongside Colin. I uh, don't think that the United States can be represented by a piece of cloth. I think it's something that exists in your brain and in your soul and in your heart and i think that putting all of your faith into a piece of flag and saying that and i and i say this with all the love and respect for the people who have family of veterans that i know uh when you tell me that my dad fought and died for this flag i would really like you to get your dad to say that to me because i really would like to think is that your parent whoever they were or your brother or your cousin fought for the ideals that the flag represents one of which is that it's just a flag and that the idea of the United States of America and patriotism is not always accepting the truth, but as said by power, but sometimes speaking truth to power. Like my good buddy A.J. Signary does when he says goodbye to the people. A.J. 
You're supposed to say bye to the people. Well, I thought, I thought you were going to say something else. Nope. Bye, people. There it is. It was a miscue. I set it up. It was like T-ball, and he whiffed on two of them and then hit the third one like for a single. Um, this has this been... Uh, I'm on base. It's it's fine, you know, and then here comes me cleanup. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Out Front with AJ and Nick here on the Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook, Chicago Podcast Network. You can find us on Twitter, uh, Chi-Town Podcast One, and you can email us on Gmail, Chicago Podcast Network at gmail.com. Those are all the places you can find us and talk to us and maybe initiate some cyber sex. What's up, baby? How you doing? You want to get down? That's fine. We can do that over email just send me some pics send me some dirty pics this is getting weird for you aj being on the end of this between me and the audience oh, we've got a thing going a on l- now a little bit a little bit i'm just saying the audience and me we're, we're you know you're, you're here it's cool you can sit in the corner and watch like a cold it's fine no that's okay babe. no just sit over there aj just keep your eyes open it's cool don't worry nope. about it baby. no nope. me and them. no no clockwork orange for me oh and i got this bottle of baby oil for nothing nope damn thank you so much for listening everybody we out 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You have been listening to the Chicago Podcast Network.